today on Laura Lynn and Friends. This is just truly a war against humanity on every front. It's a war against truth and, and in many cases, a perversion of justice. So it, it's, it's, really, it's really troubling. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of the last days. I hope that you are ready for a spectacular ride. We have nothing to fear. We've got the truth on our side. And we have four amazing men who are going to be here, three doctors and a lawyer, and uh, they're going to give us some truth. Now, we're not going to be able to keep that whole interview on YouTube. So all of you on YouTube, I'm asking you to please go to that link for Rumble. Uh, we get to tell the truth on some other places. Uh, we want to be respectful of YouTube's desire to kind of just uh, only let their viewers see a few things. <laughs> Hopefully they won't knock me off for saying something like that. So ever since my dad passed away just a little bit over a year ago, I inherited his Bible. And this Bible from stem to stern, uh, it's interesting because he had this really cute, like it's, a, it's leather and it, it had a, a leopard on it with spots. And of course, you know that I was born in Africa because my mom and dad served um, as missionaries in Africa. And so ever since dad passed away, I, I like to uh, open the word and read something that he's underlined. He's, he's underlined almost every single page in this Bible, so it's not hard. So today, my eyes fell on something I think very, very important. And I think it sums up basically the elite's and the rulers of darkness in this world, those who have succumbed to hurting humanity rather than standing for what's right. They have accepted bribes. They have sold their souls for something earthly. And one day there will be a judgment. So I open the Bible to Romans 1 verse 28. My dad's underlined this. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's a very cool uh, old English way of saying not very good what they've been given over to. God has given them over to a reprobate mind. Do you think that God's sitting in heaven and he's all worried about what all of these these deceitful, horrible people are doing, not for a second. He's got great men on this planet that are fighting for what's right. He has his power. And with one flick of God's baby finger, in the moment he says so, this thing, it's all upside down. Trudeau's gone in the moment he says so. The, the, the doctors that have caused harm to this nation, those that are in charge of our medical practices and facilities and all of the, you know, the, the big liaisons that they have at the top and head of, uh, of our medical um, acumen. Well, it's all gone the moment that God says so. So I'm looking forward to that. Just before we get to our amazing guests, uh, Coots Border this last weekend, you know, we realized that it's one year since... Um, the Great Freedom Convoy 2022, wherein I spent five weeks of my life, one week to get to Ottawa, three weeks there, and another week to get back home, driving through the snow. It was the most uh, profound experience of my life. I loved it. Um, I saw God there every single day. Well, the Coots guys, uh, there's four men in jail right now, and until they are proven guilty of something, there ought to be a trial, and they ought to let 
be let out of jail. They are being held as political prisoners. It's a real problem. This week, take a look at this brief, um, this brief, uh, you know, uh, excerpt by Kian Bexty on what's going on. Political prisoners in Canada, it's an absolute travesty. The thousand people that are in this room are all here to support those men who have been held under trumped up charges. And we demand that they be released and that freedom reign! Scenes across southern Alberta reminded the country today about what took place exactly a year ago. The mainstream media trying to frame it as another blow to Coots, a small community on the border between Canada and the United States. If you recall back last year, there was a blockade here that was sending a clear message to Justin Trudeau that Canadians were sick and tired of lockdown law and health mandates. That same message rang loud and clear today. I think that um, what the government did was basically just bully us into submission as a fear tactic in order to make us comply with what they wanted us to do. The convoy protests both in Ottawa and in Coots represented a cultural shift in Canada, not only inspiring global protest against tyrannical regimes in North America, and in Europe, it told a growing majority of Canadians that they were not alone when they stood against Justin Trudeau and his tyrannical policies. Well, we got some uh, we got some serious problems in this in this province and in this country. And one of the problems we have is that uh, when people speak out against the government, the government can drop the hammer of God on them and uh, and treat them as if they're criminals. Uh, there's four men sitting in jail. They've been in jail over a year. And they're, they're being treated as if they're guilty without ever having a trial. And I, I find it like it, it's absolutely insane that this is happening. And I think what's even worse is that people are allowing it. Mm. And, you know, um, Canada's kind of following suit uh, with what the U.S. has done as well with their political prisoners. So the world seems to be working in unison against the people and against humanity. One final clip, really short one from Joe Biden. Um, it never seems to end. I guess they are not going to end the COVID emergency until May 15th. Take a look. What's behind the decision to end the COVID emergency, Mr. President? What is that? What's behind your decision to end the COVID emergency? Well, the emergency will end when the Supreme Court exits. We just stand it from May the 15th to make sure we get everything done. That's all. There's nothing behind the wall. So the Supreme Court apparently has decided to extend the emergency so that they can get everything done, whatever that means, since I thought he already said COVID's over. Do you remember when Biden declared that? Um, yeah, it was, you know, about two years after we did. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, uh, so the Supreme Court has all of this ability, I guess, just like in our country. Um, you know, it seems like the courts and the government have colluded to just keep this farce going. So we're going to let go of YouTube now before I get myself in a whole lot of trouble because that can happen pretty fast. So we'll say goodbye to YouTube. Please join us on Rumble. You are going to love. Um, have you already done it, actually? Just maybe bring in, uh, can we bring in our guests, Dr. Uh, Mark Trozzi, Dr. Patrick Phillips, Dr. Charles Hoff, and lawyer Michael Alexander. They are going to be joining us. Hello, everyone. Say a quick hello. You won't get knocked off for that. <laughs>
<laughs> but Hi, everything Lord, else you're about to say, okay. <laughs> we can't do it here. So, Hi, hello, it's good to see you. All right, we'll say goodbye to YouTube now. And uh, thanks, everyone. Um, I'm just, but not to the guys, bring the guys back on. There we go. There we go. Um, so, thank you so much. I hear, uh, Dr. Trozzi, I'll start with you. You you came on last time and you were doing a huge event, and I hope that that was successful. Well, yeah, we had an amazing weekend in Ontario, uh, the Do No Harm Tour, uh, where I got to be with both Michael um, and Charles and, and others. Uh, that was in Oakville. And in Windsor, we had full houses of enthusiastic, enlightened, warm-hearted people. It was uplifting and educational for everyone, including myself. And as well, in Hamilton on Saturday night, both Dr. Phillips and myself were with the Bright Light News event with Dr. Bridal and Rodney Palmer. And we had a, a full year there. Again, just bright, uplifting people. Uh, people are waking up across this country. Uh, people shouldn't feel alone anymore if you still are thinking and realizing the truth. There's a lot of us. Yeah, and, and that is extremely good news. Uh, Dr. Charles Hoff, it's wonderful to see you. Thank you for the fight that you've been in. Are you still in the British Columbia area? I'm not too certain, uh, you know, you don't have to tell yeah. us where you're at. It's a free yeah, country. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm in, still in Lytton in my house that survived the fire. Um, wow. So, yeah, I'm back home. As, as, as Dr. Trozzi said, I was in Ontario for the weekend for those events, which were fantastic. You know, what I love about those, those events is just the love yes. and, the, and the warmth that radiates from people who love truth. Yes. And so it, it was great. You know, Dr. Trozzi has been one of my heroes for a couple of years now, and, and he has just been such a beacon of light, uh, just incessantly pouring out uh, scientific knowledge. And, and so it was great to actually finally meet him face to face. Yes, sometimes uh, you guys end up... <laughs> right, right. You end up communicating over uh, video and not actually seeing each other because from, from the East Coast to the West Coast, we've got doctors that are standing up for what's right. Dr. Patrick Phillips, you are amazing. I just put up a, a tweet um, that you had said that, I mean, basically... One of the reasons that you have now, I, I, I'm not certain if it still remains, if you're fighting it, but have lost your license at this time was for reporting vaccine injury. And, um, oh, he's frozen. Okay, we'll wait for him. Well, in any case, I put up that and I just, you know, I got thousands of uh, likes and, and people just support uh, Dr. Patrick Phillips so incredibly. Uh, Michael Alexander, you are... Um, you have really come alongside of these amazing heroes and you're battling for them in the courts. Can you give us an update on maybe how that is going? Yeah, I've got, in fact, some breaking news for you, uh, Laurel. Wonderful. Uh, we, we have not reached the media with yet because uh, this news just uh, it broke at the end of last week. But we appeared before the College of Physicians um, Discipline uh, Tribunal on November 23rd. We argued that Dr. Luchku and Dr. Phillips and Dr. Trozzi should not go to discipline hearings because the college had not established reasonable and probable grounds for their investigations. But also on top of that, that they were being pursued based on uh, failing to follow recommendations and guidelines, which are not rules and regulations. 
So if you're just not following guidelines or recommendations, then certainly you've done nothing wrong and should not be prosecuted. So the college has restrictions. It's the same. They, they are the same restrictions that you find across the country. All the colleges have agreed on what they should be, and governments have gone along with it. The restrictions are doctors may not say anything at any time contrary to public health policy recommendations. They may not write medical exemptions for COVID-19, except in very extraordinary circumstances, for COVID-19 injections, I should say. And they may not <clears throat> prescribe Health Canada approved medications for the prevention and treatment of COVID-19, such as ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. So I have been arguing with colleges all across the country, and particularly in Ontario, you can't prosecute people for failing to follow these restrictions because they're just recommendations. The colleges say, no, 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 they're laws, they're laws, they're regulations, they violated them, they deserve to be prosecuted. But lo and behold, the college discipline uh, tribunal came back with a decision saying, you're right, Alexander, these are just recommendations and guidelines, but they're going to continue with the prosecutions anyway. So that's discouraging. However, they, I'm, I'm trying to hoist them on their own petard, and at least for the moment I have. Once you say these restrictions are just recommendations, you can't base an investigation order on them. Okay? The investigation order must be based on a probable belief that somebody has committed a wrong. So failing to follow a recommendation is not a wrong. So I'm now bringing a second motion, and I just got permission at the end of last week from the chair of the tribunal to do that. I'm bringing a second motion in which I will ask the college to throw out all of the evidence gathered against the doctors, because it was gathered based on their violation of recommendations. So if we're successful on this, these prosecutions may go away and we may have a complete victory. So the college is very unhappy about this, let me tell you. Wow. So uh, to the doctors, uh, Dr. Trozzi, uh, how do you interpret all of that and feel about it? Well, I mean, I feel good about it in a sense, but for me, in terms of, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a scientist and a physician, so I don't know that much about the law, really. But for me, these, what do they call these recommendations or suggestions or whatever they want to call them? The fact that it is very clear that they have twisted the arms of doctors across this province and across this country to not treat COVID with treatments that we now know would save 85% or so of the people's lives that were lost. The fact that they would still twist doctors' arms to not even mention that this poisonous injection actually increases. We now know, we predicted it for good reasons, but now we know from the data, you know, more than 300% increase in COVID hospitalization and death. Who's dying around the world from COVID now? People with the most injections, that's very clear. There's a linear relationship between the two. And, and so the absurdity that there's a group twisting doctor's arms in such a way as to cause death, I mean, that's criminal as far as I'm concerned. And I think as far as any sensible person is concerned. So the fact that we still have these criminals trying to destroy our careers for continuing to be real doctors and tell people the truth is still a level of absurdity. I'm amazed that Michael has the patience to deal with these people. I'm so grateful to him. Um, and uh, so I remain the court proceedings I'm much more interested in are not these proceedings against us, which are completely illegitimate. I'm interested in the court proceedings that are missing, which is the criminal charges, the arrests and the investigations 
of everyone in position of authority, including Nancy Whitmore of the CPSO, including the ministers of health, for continuing to push a deadly agenda, continuing to deceive the public, continuing to cover up the deaths and harms. I mean, that's the lawful, that's the legal issue here. I think it's somewhat ridiculous that we're even talking about this other stuff. Well, I like your word absurdity. It, I, I, I can see no better word than what's going on right now. Every single day, more data on how harmful these shots are, uh, more people dying, more people suddenly dead, and yet the, uh, you know, they, they continue to, to talk about it being safe and effective. Um, and in our country, Dr. Teresa Tam, I mean, nothing seems to actually phase any of these people about what's happening. Every day, these studies coming out. And Dr. Hoff, I'm sure that you've seen this actually as, um, you know, right here uh, with Dr. Bonnie Henry, she seems unstoppable in her search to just, you know, get everyone vaccinated. Yes, it is absolutely absurd. You know, as, as Dr. Trozzi mentioned, there is now a very clear relationship between the number of COVID shots you've had and your likelihood of getting COVID, spreading COVID, landing up in hospital and dying of COVID. These shots, you know, they keep telling people they need to be up to date with their shots. This is absolutely absurd uh, because the damage is cumulative and it is now blatantly obvious. And so the fact that despite this evidence, they continue to tell people that they can somehow keep other people safe by being vaccinated with the so-called vaccine, which of course doesn't make anybody immune to anything. So obviously it's not a vaccine, but, but it is, it, it is, it is, it, it's very disturbing that they blindly, blindly follow their, um, their mantra, completely ignoring the evidence. And, you know, doctors have, the Health Practitioners Act states that doctors have an ethical duty to protect the public. And that's what each one of us here, you know, each one of the doctors here has done. We are following our ethical duty to protect the public by exposing the cover-up of harm, by exposing the, 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 the harm that we've each seen in our own patients. And, and I mean, this is just truly a war against humanity on every front. It's a war against truth and, and in many cases, a perversion of justice. So it, it's, it's really... It's really troubling. Dr. Phillips, um, you've really experienced that with uh, the assault against your practice and um, uh, against you being somebody who recognized your duty to do no harm and in, in actually um, telling and reporting on the vaccine injuries, that actually brought about you being mm -hmm. in trouble for reporting and doing your job. Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, so clearly just an inversion of of every medical ethics uh, that we have been taught and kind of ingrained in us to follow. Uh, even something as simple that I, I found so that I'm being prosecuted for reporting adverse events, um, something that we're actually legally required to do. Uh, it oh, we just lost him again. And yeah, he's, you know, he's absolutely right. And uh, Michael Alexander, I'll ask you, I mean. Adverse uh, events get reported and you get in is. trouble for. Okay, yeah, we lost you for a second there, uh, 
uh, Dr. Phillips, but yes, you were getting in trouble for reporting adverse events. You were doing your job. And I remember uh, you were just really, you were so courageous in going, I'm not going to stop doing what is logical here. And it really bodes the question, what is actually going on here? Are we in some sort of psyop? Because we're all pretty alarmed at this. I have friends, I have family, they took a couple of jabs because they weren't paying attention and you know, well, who am I? I'm just, you know, their friend and family member. So they didn't pay much attention, but you know what? Now they're beginning to, now that they're seeing and I keep sending them, you know, and those that'll, you know, haven't uh, knocked me off the mail list, right? Um, send them the information that's coming out. And yet all of this nonsense, like it's like la, 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 no one's listening. And thank God we've got that uh, Dr. Malahotra and some who are also beginning, the BBC actually allowing somebody on. They took great uh, lashback for having a doctor on to talk about harms. And that was sort of a breakthrough, but then everyone goes back to their silence. You know, if I could just pick that up, Laura Lynn, because see Patrick's still frozen, uh, about the PSYOPs aspect. I mean, <laughs> this is uh, an extraordinary propaganda campaign. It is a campaign based on techniques of mind control. And these have been mainstreamed. Uh, the British Columbia um, <clears throat> government has a Department of Behavioral Insight. You can look it up on their, uh, on their website. All governments in Canada, the provincial and also at the federal level have them. So what you have are a lot of psychologists and people with degrees in behavioral economics, which is supposedly a legitimate um, you know, discipline, but it's really uh, <clears throat> the study of how to manipulate people. They have these departments and these people in the service of manipulating the mind of the public to go along with the policies of the government of the day. It's been going on for a long time, but now, it, you know, uh, things have really come home to roost because they have ramped up the controls on these techniques and used them against us to advance this COVID-19 narrative, which is manifestly false. So, and, and this got started, I have an acquaintance in the US, it got started in, and it was mainstreamed uh, by Cass Sunstein, who's a professor of law at Harvard Law School, it's an acquaintance of mine. He also worked for the Obama administration as their regulations czar. Uh, he wrote a book with a guy named uh, Thaler, who's a uh, Nobel Prize winning economist at University of Chicago. The book is called Nudge. And Nudge is all about how to manipulate people to move government towards a progressive agenda. It masquerades as an objective academic treatise, but it's actually a form of psyops. And so this is not something, this is something that has now seeped into the system and is accepted as a legitimate aspect of daily government, which is one of the reasons it has been so effective. And we, I mean, if I were in, in government, the first thing that I'd be uh, trying to do is abolish these behavioral insight departments. They are insidious. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, recently, uh, JT was just reminding me that we were putting up something where the government is looking for these uh, PSYOP uh, officers. Basically, they're like, it had the word PSYOP in there. and something's wrong when we find out years and years later for instance you know in the united states of america that the government basically the cia and fbi had a hand in killing jfk we gotta lose all hope in humanity you know at least in structured humanity and hope that the good guys like yourselves 
are somehow going to win because we've been duped. We've been duped by an awful lot of stuff. And now, uh, you know, they're saying, I know Dr. Paul Alexander, he likes to talk about how he thinks that COVID was actually out long before uh, 2020. And that uh, he's got some evidence that, you know, I'm going to have him on the show to talk about all of that. But it looks like there's nothing we can believe. And these people are all highly paid by the WHO or UN, the UN Agenda 2030 um, and, and uh, the WEF. Like everyone's getting huge dollars to lie to humanity and they don't want to give that all up because they're so corrupt. That's what it looks like. Well, I think you're totally right, Lorlin. And you know, there's going to be gnashing of their teeth when they realize the fiat currency scam that they've been used in. Right. You know, uh, there's there's this waterfall of money that starts at Bill Gates and other WEF members that manipulate the WHO. And the WHO is then used as a conduit to impose their agenda globally. And then from the then it goes from there to your federal governments and out. You know, and in fact, to demonstrate that, I was speaking with a doctor in New Zealand who, as you know, is also under the control of a World Economic Forum agent. Um, and, and even the new, their, her replacement is the same deal. And the, the letters that they got from their colleges are approximately word for word what's being given in our colleges. So who's writing these letters? Who's determining the agenda? And, and you know, at the top of that, you have extreme criminals like Pfizer, you know, paid the largest criminal fines in history for fraud involving drugs that cause death and harm. And they profited anyway, so they don't care. Right. And then you've got Bill Gates, you know, essentially a psychopathic, corrupt, you know, computer guy who has expressed his desire to reduce the human population for a long time, blamed it on carbon dioxide, and then somehow said he would solve it with, quote, vaccines. And as we know, there's criminal charges for him in India for preceding stuff he did where his organization sterilized a lot of women against their, their wishes without them even knowing about it. Right. So how, how do you do that? Top down. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, there's the, I could go into the science of it, but that's probably another interview, how, they, how you can right. stimulate a woman's immune system to destroy her reproductive abilities. It's so wrong, though. Like, think of these women what? who had no idea. Bill Gates and his... His people go in there and, you know, and the world barely knows about this, that he's not even allowed in the country, basically. They got so upset. You know, a, a mainstream's yeah. not putting that out there, right? You know, and, and they're not talking about him and his Epstein, uh, you know, liaisons either. But his wife sure came out. I just saw that she, she was on, um, you know, an interview. This is a side note. I'm getting carried away here, uh, Mark. But, but, you know, Bill Gates' um, wife... Uh, this is why I think that the divorce is actually real because they're just slamming each other on the way down. But she was very upset. She met Jeffrey Epstein one time and said that she had nightmares because it was just, he was such an, the epitome of evil. Well, Bill Gates is the kind of guy who hung out with him a lot. So I guess he didn't have such a problem with someone who emanates the epitome of evil. So this, like you say, he's a complete psychopath. And now you're right. How is the same wording going out across the world. This is just like when the trans agenda was unleashed. I was really watching that because I was trying to protect the kids. I thought it was just some crazy teacher in British Columbia had the craziest idea ever that we're going to tell people that they can change their gender and tell little kids in kindergarten that. 
So I thought, we're going to put a stop to that. But all of a sudden, Australia is doing it, New Zealand, the UK, the United States of America. All of a sudden, BLM is all about black trans. It's not really about black power in, in the end. What? So it, it seems like, you know, if UN Agenda 2030 or the WEF are all behind it, is there one person, Klaus Schwab? I don't know. Is there people that we will never see as Christine Anderson, uh, you know, member of parliament from the EU, mm -hmm. basically says she doesn't think we'll ever see the faces of who's actually behind what we're facing, this huge PSYOP. Right. Well, you know, well, we're in war. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the thing is, there is a parallel here with the JFK assassination, uh, Laura Lynn. I mean, it, it, in the end, I, I think it's pretty clear how it happened because E. Howard Hunt, who was one of the <clears throat> uh, conspirators in the assassination, confessed before he, he died in writing and on video as to where the plan began and who was behind it. And it began with Johnson and a fellow named Gordon Meyer Jr., who was the uh, director of dirty operations in the CIA at the time. But, you know, it doesn't matter where it began. What matters is to understand why so many people got on board with it. DOD, that some of the Joint Chiefs hated Kennedy for policy reasons. CIA hated him for policy reasons. Mafia hated him because his brother was trying to wipe out the mafia. Go around. You look at all the different players. There were so many forces that aligned against him once they knew this plan was underway. And it's similar with the situation we're facing now. It's not so much, I think, that all these different players we're facing off against decided beforehand in one big meeting, this is what we're going to do to the world. But Department of Defense wants this COVID-19, a lockdown experiment because they want to test their bio-warfare strategies. CIA wants it because they want to practice their mind control strategies. Biden's progressives want it because they want big government. Um, the mainstream media, which is on the side of the progressives, then gets on board with the big government agenda. Big tech wants it because they can shift the world towards the virtual economy through what is happening. WEF wants it because they want the rule of experts and bureaucrats. They don't believe in democracy. So this is how all these different players get on board. It's not so much they all agreed beforehand, but once the whole thing was underway, they all had reasons to get on board. And that's why it is so, it appears sometimes to be an insurmountable number of uh, institutions and organizations that are set up against us. Insurmountable, and it makes it feel like it's an insurmountable war, but I appreciate uh, what you said, Dr. Uh, Trozzi, that we're not alone. More and more people are waking up. I wanted to ask Dr. Charles Hoff, do you, do you see that? Because when this all first began, uh, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen to you just by you being truthful about <clears throat> what you saw in the vaccine rollout. But <clears throat> I have to say that when I hear, you know, um, a, a lawyer such as Michael Alexander talking about how, um, you know, the JFK thing can tie all into it, like, we're up against the greatest evil mankind has ever seen. This is our war. Our parents and our, grand, our grandparents went to war physically, but this is our war right now. This is. I mean, this is, this is a war like the world has never seen, because I really see this as a war, a war against humanity. Um, it's, it's a full frontal attack from, from every direction. It's an attack spiritually. It's an, I mean, we've seen, you know, firstly through abortion, through, through uh, euthanasia, through eugenics, through um, reducing fertility, 
through a genetic modification, through sexual perversion and gender confusion in our children. This is, this is an all-out war against the image of God. And so, you know, because God made man in his image, we are his image bearers. And, you know, and, and he said that the Christians are the salt and the light of this world. And so those that love truth are the soldiers in this war against this darkness. But, but the only way to, to fight evil is to drag it out into the light. And so that's what we're each doing. Each one of us in our own little sphere of influence, we're dragging that evil out into the light so that, we, so that it can be taken down. Well, we're seeing all the evidence, and I absolutely agree with you. With I mean, what you're saying is basically this has come down to the most epic fight between good and evil uh, that, that we have ever seen. And I don't know that we saw it coming on a, f a few years ago. I was having lots of fun drinking my lattes and, you know, living the dream in Canada and wondering what could ever really go wrong. And all of a sudden, it's like when COVID hit, the, the masks came off, and then the, they tried to put the masks on. And we went, what is happening? And the reality and the truth, you know, was coming out. But Dr. Trozzi, I mean, now we're finding that the, the vaccinated are ending up in the hospitals. I had Dr. Byron Bridal uh, on here just a couple of days ago. We just put his tweet up. And basically, if, if you don't want to get COVID, don't get the vaccine. Because now everybody who's actually getting sick and hospitalized is ended, ending up being vaccinated. Yeah, if you if you don't want to get COVID, don't take these injections. If you don't want to get cancer, don't take these injections. If you don't want to get every infectious disease out there by destroying your immune system with these injections, don't take these injections. You ever want to have a baby, you don't want to have an abortion, don't take the injections. I mean, it goes on and on, heart attacks, strokes, you know, and none of this is debatable. There is no scientific debate. How many times have, have people in our camp, I guess you'd say, invited people like Dr. Tam to debate uh, on a regular basis, we set out chairs for them. They don't want to debate. And even if you look at the proceedings you see in the colleges, nobody wants to discuss the science. They just want to talk about the policies. Um, so, you know, a lot of these people have gone way past innocent accomplices. And it's really a time for everybody, um, you know, to, I guess the word would be repent, who's still going along with this. And to realize that there's no winning by going along with this. People who think, like, if you're a doctor, you know, or if you're an administrator or a politician, you go, well, I don't want to be like Dr. Hoff and Dr. Trozzi and Dr. Phillips and the other hundred or the other thousands of doctors around the world who, yeah, we no longer can, like, earn a living. Our families deal with financial insecurity, whatever. What these people need to realize is if they continue playing their little minion part in this agenda moving forward, their children and grandchildren are going to be trapped in a dystopian world that is unrecognizable. So, you know, anybody still standing at the lineup in the buffet, you know, uh, on, the, on the cruise ship, when the cruise ship is sinking and some of us are trying to fix the hole, needs to wake up and help. And, and for a minimum, stop helping the bad guys. It's so shocking, uh, Michael, uh, that the mainstream media is so culpable in all of this, refusing to let out good information, refusing to tell the truth. Uh, it only sneaks out in very tiny little bits. Um, and even then, you know, it, it's not good. So I think that's all part of this PSYOP. Um, people are afraid they're going to lose their jobs if they tell the truth. Doctors are afraid, and so so are reporters. Um, we've ha actually had them on when they've had to leave because they can't tell the truth. 
um, the, when will somebody have to pay for this in a court of law or be, be charged with harming humanity? Is that ever going to come? Well, j just as a, <clears throat> as a short prelude to my answer, um, you make a really good point here about the, the media being captured. I mean, and, and this has precedent. I mean, it was exposed in the 1970s that this CIA officer I, I mentioned, Cordmeyer Jr., created something called Operation Mockingbird. And during the 1950s and the 1960s, the CIA put over 3,000 American journalists on its payroll to push its view of the world and its policies. So this has happened before. And now we've got this happening in Canada with Trudeau buying out mainstream media with over $1 billion now going into their coffers because they're not financially viable anymore. He's taken advantage of that. So can we bring these people to justice? Well, we've got problems, uh, which is the courts don't want to see things our way. And, and some judges and some courts are taking <clears throat> the government's COVID narrative as something called a judicial fact, which means they will not call into question what the government has said about COVID-19 and the claims it has made about the injections. And that's wrong. Everything can and should be questioned in a court of law. And uh, however, I would just say that there are a few judges in Ontario and one out west who have shown tremendous independence and have God. made rulings that, that give one some hope. So why do I continue with the legal fight? Because I just need to get in front of one of those judges on the right day. I need to get in front of a panel that has at least one of those judges and get even a dissenting opinion that uh, states the law as it is and calls people to account. And that will be, I think, the beginning of a ripple effect that could liberate the entire country from the tyranny we're under. But we, it, it's a crapshoot. We have to get before the right judge or the right judges on the right day. That depends upon a lot of things that I cannot control. But it could happen. And so I fight with that aim in view. We have some very good judges in Ontario who see things as they are. So I'm hoping before this is over, before this year is over, that I will get before one of those judges and we can make the arguments that will help the entire country. Um, I've heard a couple of people saying that the Charter of Rights and Freedoms has not been helpful at all. Some are saying that they go back to the Bill of Rights and that that's more helpful in fighting tickets and such when they've gone to court. Um, in in your battles uh, for the doctors, does the Charter of Rights and Freedoms um, come up for you? Is, is that something oh, you use in your arguments? For, for certain, but in some of my arguments, <clears throat> I've made arguments based on the Charter before the College of Physicians. I haven't so far made them in the courts, and it's one of the, reason, one of the reasons I've done that is because the Charter is now so ineffective. And so I'm better off arguing basic principles of administrative law that are grounded in the common law. Um, and uh, to attack what governments are doing rather than go straight to the charter. Um, the Bill of Rights is a bit of a problem because the Bill of Rights is, exists by virtue of a statute. It was never constitutionalized. And uh, I personally was in favor of the Bill of Rights. I wish the Bill of Rights were our charter. I think it expresses the real truth about our rights. And there's no reservation in the Bill of Rights uh, that government can take advantage of, but there is in the Charter of Rights. So I'm all for the Bill of Rights, believe me. But the reality is that the courts will never recognize the Bill of Rights as the Supreme Law of Canada. They will always only recognize the Charter. So the, the, the long-term problem with the Charter is that we have Section 1 in the Charter where the government can make an argument 
if they infringe somebody's rights, they can make the argument that that, that infringement was justified and they have a right to bring evidence to prove that. Now, originally, uh, the idea was that the, there was a heavy, heavy burden on the government. They would have to produce tons of evidence to justify infringing somebody's right. But over time, the Supreme Court relaxed the evidentiary burden on government. So now the government just has to present kind of a, a, a plausible case. It has to prove some evidence that the the infringement was justified and government gets its way. We need to find a court that will take us back to the original understanding of our fundamental human rights as rights that exist prior to government and that take priority over government measures, except in the most extreme circumstances. We might have to have a constitutional amendment to get that to happen. But right now, based on Supreme Court decisions over the past 25 years, the charter is a non-issue. It's very hard to win against government under the charter. Well, um, so practically speaking then, um, Dr. Hoff, uh, are we still seeing, um, so now I guess people would be out getting their third or fourth shots. Are you noticing anything or hearing anything? Are you able to practice still, sir? If I could ask, yes, I am. Yeah, fortunately, I do still have a license. You know, as you know, I was uh, suspended from being an emergency room physician. I had been an emergency room physician for thirty-one years, and I was suspended for saying that a person who had natural immunity to COVID from a natural infection didn't need a vaccination against it. I mean, especially as the vaccination doesn't make you immune in any case. But but I was yeah, I lost my emergency room privileges. So I can't do that anymore. Um, but I, I still do have my medical license. So I, even though my practice was burnt, I can work from home. And so I'm still trying to serve my patients and my community. Uh, but I literally have people coming, knocking on my door, you know, saying I'm injured. Can you help me? But, you know, cause, cause our emergency room was burned too, uh, when my practice burned. So, so I'm literally the only healthcare, um, the only doctor that lives in this community. So if I lose my license, they will literally have no doctor in this community. Um, and, and these, you know, these are mostly First Nations people. They are wonderful, just wonderful people that I, I've really enjoyed serving them. And um, it's just tragic how they, they are just victims of this horrendous injustice against them. I think fortunately, the, the great majority of them seem to have realize that these COVID shots do not stop people getting COVID. I mean, almost everybody I know that's been vaxxed has had COVID at least once and some of them three times. And, and so they realize these shots are absolutely useless for preventing um, either infection or transmission. But, but many of them have also got very sick with it. You know, they had three shots and then were really, really sick for three weeks with COVID. And so they've also realizing that it does not stop severe disease and death. And so I think people are unfortunately learning by, by just personal experience that they've been lied to. And, um, and so I, fewer, fewer and fewer people are still having the boosters. But sadly, you know, as long as people are still watching the uh, the legacy media, they can going to continue to be deceived. That is absolutely sad. And uh, you know, uh, Dr. Trozzi, one of the things that Bill Gates recently said was, "Well, if we'd have known that COVID was not going to have uh, 
the predicted fatalities and would actually end up being, we literally have this clip, and he says would actually be, would end up being more sort of like a common cold, um, you know, that maybe they wouldn't have taken the measures that they've taken, but uh, like it's all, it's all been so false. And now uh, we're seeing that, that people do feel deceived, but do you think that, I mean, we've got staff, staffing shortages now going on in Ontario and across Canada. I'm seeing that people are begging to bring back those that have been let go because they refuse to take the shot. Well, yeah, it's quite bizarre. You know, I published something, CPSO causing the doctor shortage and then appearing to solve it. So uh, where doctors who've maintained their scientific intelligence and their medical ethics and their basic decent humanity, like hundreds of us across this country, including doctors, uh, Dr. Phillips, Dr. Luchke and myself, but there's many of us. Uh, so those doctors have been eliminated for the large part from being able to serve Canadians. And that, that the biggest tragedy there is the Canadians, because you cannot see a doctor who will tell you the truth, even read the ingredients and tell you what's in these injections. And then at the same time, the CPSO put out a thing a while back, said, well, we have a doctor shortage and we're here to solve it. And so we're going to make it real easy to get licenses for foreign grads. We're going to make it easy doctors who've been retired if you're willing to come out and practice now. So it's quite bizarre that they're making... Um, you know, like literally an organized campaign to get rid of any doctor who's had the mental, uh, scientific and ethical stamina to do what we're doing. And, and then they're looking to bring in, uh, to, to fill the void if they can. looks like a medical degree and who's willing to go along with the agenda. I think we froze there. Yeah. I think we had a little freeze, didn't we? So I, I, just, I, I do, just I do see you free, frozen. Yeah, but we still hear you. There you are. Very good. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah, we got what you said. So, um, so when do we see uh, that they're destroying our nation's medical? Well, all, all respect from the public for the medical authorities is now being gone. Ultimately, I believe that all of you, including Dr. Patrick Phillips, we can't seem to get his feedback, but, um, you will be seen eventually by everyone, I believe. History will show you to be heroes and people that stood in the gap and were not sold out. Um, I don't know what separates yourselves, Dr. Trozzi, from some of the other doctors who just have complied and complete and utter fear. I don't know, like, why, where did you get your strength to just stand up and say no to this? Well, I think one strength I had is that I, I was very, uh, like, uh, I was a, a homeless uh, high school student. And so I've lived without, so I'm not, um, I really like the things that I worked hard to have in life, but I'm not that attached. I'm certainly not attached to them enough to like, uh, throw my soul away. And um, so I think that's a big thing. And you know, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not nearly as well versed in the Bible as many, but there is a scripture my mother must have read it to me as a child that kept coming to my head from the beginning of this. And I believe it is that you cannot serve God and be a slave to money. So um, that seems to be uh, a big part of it. And I've noticed that with, with my friends too. Like we're all hardworking people. Like we, we, we want to feed our families. I want to help my kids through university, all that sort of stuff. But not at the cost of, of going from being a doctor to being a killer. Good for you. Well said. And, and that, in fact, is what's happened. I mean, 
Uh, people are dying. They have died. We continue to see these white stringy things uh, being pulled out of, um, you know, out of the, the blood, the, 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 the capillaries and arteries, the arteries and all of that. And, uh, you know, more and more evidence coming out. So, um, Dr. Hoff, I, I mention, just, you know, yes, go ahead. If I could mention really quickly, in 1976, there was a vaccine in the United States and when there was, a, I think, two dozen reports, it might have been a dozen, but less than 25 reports that people had died following the injection. And that was actually a vaccine. That wasn't a, a, a fraudulently represented genetic experiment. But when, when about 20, 25 people or less died from heart attacks, that thing was pulled right away in terms of being uh, mandated in any way. And now in, in 2021 alone, these injections uh, came with a report of 26,000 deaths. And it's still climbing and it's setting records around the world. And that's actually just a fraction of reality. So it's quite bizarre that this is still going on. Yeah, it really, really is. And, um, you know, more and more things are coming out. Like uh, in Newsweek, um, Dr. Um, I like to look at what Paul Alexander is reporting on on his Substack. Do you all have Substacks? Does everyone have a Substack now? Do you guys have them? I use my website. Excellent. It's yes, there. Dr. Trozzi. Yeah, and your website is so phenomenal. Also, your emails. Um, uh, but in Newsweek, it says it's time for the scientific community to admit we were wrong about COVID and that it costs lives. So this was an opinion piece by Kevin Bass. And uh, he, he says, as a medical student researcher, I staunchly supported the efforts of the public health authorities when it came to COVID-19. I believe that the authorities responded to the largest public health crisis in our lives with compassion, oh, wow, diligence and scientific expertise. I was with them when they called for lockdowns, vaccines and boosters. However, I was wrong. We in the scientific community were wrong and it cost lives. I can see now that the scientific community from the CDC to the WHO to the FDA and their representatives repeatedly overstated the evidence and misled the public about its own views and policies, including on natural versus artificial immunity, school closures, disease transmission, aerosol spread, mask mandates, and vaccine effectiveness and safety, especially among the young. All of these were scientific mistakes at the time, not in hindsight. Amazingly, some of these obfuscations continue to the present day. Dr. Hoff, th these are things that you were sounding the alarm on. And so at least there is some admittance now. People are beginning to wake up and go, we've done everything wrong. Well, the establishment has done everything wrong. They have. I mean, you know, sadly, almost everything that our elected officials and public health and the legacy media told us about COVID almost everything turned out to be untrue. They got almost everything wrong. You know, everything from the sort of the myth of asymptomatic transmission to the PCR tests being a sort of a diagnostic test to the, you know, the, the, the idea that you could somehow keep other people safe by being vaccinated. I mean, just on and on, you know, I called it the 12 lies of COVID. Um, it, it was all it, it, it's just been amazing. And, and so it's been very sad to see how reluctant um, and how slow they have been to admit their error. But I really see this entire pandemic as a moral integrity test, which 
our elected officials have failed dismally. The, 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 the journalists have failed dismally. The, the public health has failed horribly. The, the medical profession on the whole failed completely. You know, when there, is, when there is evidence of harm, it must never be covered up. And it is never appropriate to withhold life-saving um, antiviral treatments from those who have a potentially life-threatening disease by, you know, telling doctors or telling the people that, you know, that there's no treatment, just stay at home till you can't breathe and, and then call 911. It is absolutely appalling that doctors went along with that and appalling that doctors were, even when they could see the, 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 that our human rights and our medical ethics were being trampled, that they said nothing. You know, all that it takes for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. When you stand by and watch other people being hurt and don't say a word, you are part of the problem. And so the, the um, sadly, you know, 99% of our population and our professionals have failed the moral integrity test. And there is a tiny sort of remnant of people who have stood up, who have refused to be afraid and who have stood up for what is right. And they've stood up for truth and they've held to their ethic to protect their patients and to protect the public. And so this has been a, this has been a very disappointing time in seeing how many people have failed the moral integrity test. Yeah, including our churches. Um, the churches it, it, became agents of the state, you know, they, yes. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I get so upset about that. You know, the government has absolutely no place telling the churches how they can worship, whether or not they can, who has to wear masks, whether or not you can sing, whether or not you're even allowed to meet at all, how many people can be there. It is appalling that churches became agents of the state where the state had no jurisdiction at all. Yeah, I was extremely uh, just shocked and perturbed at what has gone on, accepting money, literally accepting bribes in order to promote something that has harmed humanity and is so clearly wrong. I'm wondering, uh, Michael Alexander, um, as a lawyer, are we going to see the day when a company that forced their, their employees to get a vaccine, now not a government company, but a company that just said, oh, I'm going along with this and you better wear your mask, get the vax, or don't show up to work. And if there was a harm, um, can they be held liable? Mm -hmm. Pfizer can't be, but can companies that force something that was not necessary or even, even demanded of them to promote, can they be held liable? Yes, <clears throat> they can be held liable. I'm involved in some criminal investigations that are going on behind the scenes. I can't say much about it at the moment. But an effort is being made to bring some people to account, some of these actors to account through the use of the criminal law. And you know, when it comes to big pharma, they cannot and, and, and didn't even try to contract out of criminal law. You cannot contract out of the criminal law. So it is possible to go against Pfizer and Moderna and the other major corporate players in this, and even your own employer. What I would say about that though, is that that also requires a government and in Canada, uh, an attorney general to be willing to actually bring the charges. So we have situations where citizens have laid private information with the Justice of the Peace in Ontario. And the Justice of the Peace has said, yes, there's something to this, this criminal accusation. So then they bring the Crown in and, uh, <clears throat> and JP makes uh, a decision if the Crown and the individual complainant uh, duke it out. 
argue, um, you know, uh, the issue. And some matters have been referred to the Crown, but then the Crown investigates and says, well, we don't think it really amounts to, uh, to uh, you know, a, uh, a, uh, an allegation that we, that we should pay attention to. So this is where government breaks down. You can bring the information forward, but under our system, um, if the Ministry of Justice, if the Attorney General um, is captured, um, is unwilling to do the right thing, then uh, we can do nothing about it. So this is another area where we need fundamental reform in our system. Yeah, 100%, because I hope that if people do uh, take their employers to task, then the next time that they try to do something like this, and I wanted to ask you, Dr. Trozzi, do you think there's going to be a next time of, to, to see the, the forcing of these mandates uh, the, the way that we've seen this last time? Do you think there's a next time or... Have they kind of run their course on this and now we're just going to head into basically digital currency and tracking our, you know, our carbon footprint everywhere? Is, is it a new era or will we have to face the terrible dragon of the vaccine again? Well, I think it partly depends what we do. Um, so, so on the one hand, people need to really, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't fight. I'm not a fighter. But if you try to hurt my kids, well, then I'm, I'm going to fight. Well, they are trying to hurt the kids. You know, the UK data shows that a 10 to 14 year old's chance of being dead within the seven or eight months after injection is more than 80 times normal. Like, think about that. Giving a kid an injection saying, your odds of being dead in eight months are 80 times higher than all the other kids. Thank you very much. So somebody's trying to kill your kids. Somebody's, like, people have to face that reality as hard as it is. So based on that, what I would see is everybody get active in this fight, and then then we have a hope of avoiding it. How do we get active in that fight? Well, there's two fronts that I see as big ones. One is the front we're talking about. The red, medical regulators, in our case, the physicians and surgeons, these are the actual fingers and hands on the throats of the people because they're telling people, you cannot see a doctor who will tell you anything about what we tell them to tell you. You cannot see a doctor who will treat COVID. You cannot see a doctor who will even recognize even damage to our injections, right? So, so we got to go against the colleges. And really, I, to that, I call out to the police, the Crown, military, everybody. Like, these people need to be arrested. Like, it's ridiculous that we're here in the witnesses' box. The other I'm end kidding. of it is the World Health Organization. Yeah. And then the other, the other pressure point is everybody has to exit the WHO. The WHO is a blatantly homicidal criminal organization. The evidence is overwhelming. And so there's no reason to continue with them anyway. There's no reason to send them another check. And the pressure on our politicians to exit the who or get the hell out of office and go to jail yourself, I think that's got to be the pressure point. In terms of do they have more plan? Clearly they do, and they have worse plan because they just finished a meeting last week of the IHR, the International Health Regulations Amendment. A lot of boring stuff that most of us don't pay attention to because we'd rather do more interesting things than read these documents. But... The amendments they are passing will give them so much more power to do so much more harm to humanity through their infectious disease scams. So, yeah, they've got a lot more planned. And I highly advise everybody, whatever it is you do, if you have one leg or one arm that still functions, use it to fight. And by that, I mean, we've, we've got we've to see the criminal prosecutions of medical regulators. All of us in our own provinces, in our own states, in our own countries have to deal with that. And then we've got to exit the WHO. Beyond that, I mean, at some point, the, the, the right and the duty to survive 
comes down to the individual. So if we've delegated that through governments that have become defunct, we have to pick it up and do it ourselves. I'm so curious about if you saw the Project uh, Veritas uh, undercover video showing this, uh, what do they call it? Um, something evolution, directed evolution. Um, did, did. did you happen to see that? And, and, you know, I mean, this should be very damning yeah. on them. Of course, they get away with everything, but. Yeah, I saw it. I shared it. Um, it's, it's. I mean, it's amazing again that that fellow was not immediately arrested and there were not immediately massive arrests at Pfizer. I mean, that should be shocking to people. I mean, this guy literally brags to his gay date um, that, that, uh, that they're basically modifying viruses and preparing pre-injections pre to correlate with them beforehand and they don't want people to find out what they're up to. I mean, that, that's, that's profound. And I think what's profound, we're not on YouTube right now, because it was brought to my attention this afternoon, uh, that, that YouTube, uh, we've got documents out. I'll try to put them out there, but uh, everybody put them out. But YouTube documents showing the internal dialogue of YouTube to cover this up, to cover this up. I mean, this is mass murder. Wow. So, so now they're getting internal documents on YouTube. I mean, does nobody have a conscience, right? What are you all doing? Yeah. They're, 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 they're messing. They're doing gain of function, calling it, you know, directed evolution. But they're all messing with humanity, you know, and using chimpanzees as well, they said. And so YouTube's covering it up. And of course, you know, they don't want us talking about this at all. And that's why we had to, you know, ditch YouTube today. But um, th this is massive um, psy psychosis. It's on the front page of my uh, uh, my website. Right. Dr. And what's your website again? We've you, probably you been it. putting it up under trozy.org, um, right? Dr. Dr. Trozy.org. Yeah. Dr. Trozy. And with a bit of a punchline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a bit I, of a punchline, too. Yes. We've got to have some laughs at war, right? We've got to have some laughs because otherwise we'd just we'd become paralyzed. But <laughs> it's interesting that he thought he was on a gay date. And then in the end... When, when they came in and realized the film, and he was panicking. you know, the one thing is for sure is he did get screwed at the end of the date. So that's funny. <laughs> that's what he's, yeah, not in the way he was hoping. Um, but, you know, he immediately says, I'm a liar. I was just on a date. I, you know, I was, I was trying to impress my date. Trying to impress your date. Yeah, by being a genocidal maniac. Right. Like on what planet is that actually impressing anyone that you're involved in defrauding uh deceiving humanity like wow yeah. yeah that's a good guy you know i haven't heard yeah. if he's fired or not has anybody else i don't know yeah they're being kind of silent i mean if i'm pfizer i'm freaking out you know like what are you doing getting caught talking about all this stuff and making us look bad and you know laura lynn if i was in charge at pfizer i would just pay him a a big chunk of change to stay quiet, show up at the office every day, do whatever he wants to in the office and then go home or pay him a, bit, a large amount of money and then get him to sign an NDA, which he probably has in place anyway. But I think the thing would be not to fire him. Right. <laughs> and not, not to draw any, not, yeah. Yeah, don't draw any attention to him because it'll just make the situation worse. I'm sure that's what their the strategy behind this. Yeah. 
That actually, that actually makes a lot of sense. You know, Dr. Charles Hoff, I, I found you to be one of the most um, incredible men of integrity, and I've been so grateful that you're from our province, British Columbia, and our hearts were knit to you as we've watched you go through all of this. But, sir, the, the price that we are all paying to fight this is uh, it's, it's unequivocal to, to anything that, that, you know, we've ever all been through collectively in our different fields of influence. And when you look at this, um, I, I know sometimes you must just shake your head quietly in your office at times. It, it is. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish I could sit in my office and shake my head because my, my office got burnt. So, oh, so right. I, I, I sit in my home and shake my head yes. or, or I enjoy fellowship with my friends and shake my head. No, this is the most amazing time. But, you know, Laura Lynn, I'll tell you what is so exciting about it is it's so wonderful being on the side of truth because time and truth go hand in hand. And, you know, it, with the passage of time, the truth comes out. And you can only you can only deceive people and cover up um, evil for so long, and eventually it just it has a way of just popping out, you know, in places that yes. people don't always expect. And so it's exciting to be on the side of truth, you know. It it, it is it is it is wonderful. So yes, this is a tough battle. Um, you know, we've made we've made some some big sacrifices, but 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 you know, as for me. And, and as for you, we work for an eternal reward. We, you know, even if we lose everything on this planet, we will lose that which we cannot keep, but we will gain that which we cannot lose. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we do what we do, because it's Ab right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you have a new event, I think, coming up, uh, Dr. Trozzi. And for all of you, how do we... How do we um, financially support the work that you're all doing. Um, at least you have a job, uh, Dr. Hoff, but Dr. Trozzi, Dr. Patrick Phillips, many other doctors, um, Dr. Paul Alexander, just ha having to literally lay down everything that, that you do to feed yourselves, you know? Um, but I'm kind of looking at the... Um, you know, the way that the U.S., they seem a lot more giving over there in the U.S., and everyone seems to be raising a lot of money for some of these good works, but, and there's a little bit of drama going along with that, but how do we support you guys? Well, <clears throat> I think there's a, there's a few ways. I mean, there's the, uh, and supporting us, I, I really appreciate that, and I have to say that, you know, I entered this battle couple of years ago by selling my house and reducing my family's cost. This is me visiting a home. I don't have as nice of a house as you see behind me right now. And that doesn't really matter very much. And by the grace of God and kindness of people, it, it is gifts that, that we've received, which has allowed us to buy groceries and to continue to survive and, and carry on this fight. So I'm very grateful for gifts that we receive um, through, through our website. Um, this weekend coming up, uh, a very important organization that I'm proud to be one of one of the supporters of, Justice for the Vaccinated, um, is having an event in Toronto at the Sheraton Centre. This is uh, the United Health Conference fundraiser for the vaccine injured. Um, so everyone you see on that poster there, including myself, we're just volunteering our time and we're heading there and we're going to be having really an amazing event. It's going to be speakers from doctors to scientists to legal experts to journalists.
people who have done well surviving injuries from the injections to super activists like Jody Ledgerwood, nutritionists who stood up. I mean, this, there's even Dr. Crystal Luchke, who's not on the poster, has joined in. Um, and there's going to be presentations. There's going to be breakout rooms where people get to work in small groups with the different experts there. We're going to have a dinner together. Then we're going to have a day really focusing on uh, the vaccine injured or the quote vaccine injured. And so <clears throat> supporting that, whether it's by sharing the poster, donating or attending, which would be great. We'd love to see a lot of people turn out for that. I know I'll be there. Mm -hmm. Michael will be there. Um, and then I think Michael should mention another thing, which is uh, buying groceries for my family is moderately affordable, but uh, fighting legal battles is actually quite expensive. Yes. And so there's a, there's a fund for that. And I, I'd appreciate if Michael could uh, mention, mention that because that is really the defense of the people. It's not the defense of the doctors. There's a lot of doctors right now getting great job offers to go to the rare places in the world that that want ethical doctors because you can imagine if you were a, if you were a functional government or body you would beg charles hoff to come to your country and practice because here's a guy who yeah. stood the test of time no matter what but we're standing our ground here and really it's a fight for the people so the fight against the college is a fight for the people and and uh we have mm -hmm. a fundraiser to cover the the legal costs which you know they say you know the the you know, it's an expensive thing, you know, like you might get justice if you can afford it. So if Michael could speak to that fund, which is another yes, another big do. way to support yeah. people. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Laurelyn, we, we had some generous funding uh, for our cases with the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. But unfortunately, as many people know, they're in they're in difficulty. And, and I had to leave them back <clears throat> at the end of June last year because of uh, some of the problems they were creating for lawyers there. So we, we don't have funding from that. I have been funding these cases out of my own um, <clears throat> personal savings for the past uh, eight months. And I'm now out of cash and liquid assets. So um, we decided to collaborate with Take Action Canada. And uh, they have a, uh, a donation page where, where people can donate any amount that they can afford to our legal fund. Uh, we raised $50,000 just before Christmas, but that will only keep us going so long. We have to hire experts. We have to get expert reports. I need to hire other lawyers to help me because I have a wide range of cases. I'm representing doctors all across, across the country on, you know, regarding the same issues that yes. uh, Dr. Hoff and Dr. Trozzi are facing. And so uh, we're on the, the verge of running out of cash. Now, uh, as of tomorrow, Take Action will have... Um, a spot in the right hand corner of their site if you go to their home page where you can just click on a button and okay. donate whatever you can afford we will accept anything with total gratitude so so please if you want to keep the legal fight going uh go to the take action canada homepage uh, starting tomorrow and there will be a place there in the upper right hand part of the screen where you can click for the doctor's uh, legal fight and make a make a donation and i do encourage yeah. everyone to do this i mean uh, you know, we, we pay so much money for all kinds of things, uh, you know, even going to the, through the drive-through now for a family of four will cost you probably over $60. Uh, why not just put one of those aside, uh, stay at home, have bacon and eggs, and make sure that you support uh, this great work. If we do not get justice and if we do not have lawyers like Michael Alexander, who clearly is awakened and understands the battle, um, you very much understand that this is 
this is huge. This is huge. And so if we can support them and be part of helping them, that would be absolutely wonderful. And is this Take Action Canada right here, JT? That's what that is? Okay, excellent. So by tomorrow, so if everybody make a note and support, this is the guy. Uh, these are the people that are helping Dr. Trozzi, Dr. Charles Hoff, that are helping the, the people that are battling. Dr. Patrick Phillips, I mean, having lost his ability to, um, you know, to practice, it just, it's heartbreaking because, you know, if there's anyone we'd want, we'd want these doctors here to be helping us if we were sick. Um, on, on that note, before I let you go, please say anything that you want to say. But if somebody is struggling, this is the question I'm now getting constantly, um, that uh, people have vax injury, what do I do? What do I do? So some people are hearing that ivermectin will help that. And then there's other things that are coming out. Uh, Dr. Uh, Zev Zelenko had some protocols um, that were helpful for vax injury. Do any of you suggest anything for those that have unfortunately already taken the shot? Well, I, I have some suggestions for sure. And so, um, as people may, may or may not know, a lot of my work it, on, on the kind of global level of this is with the World Council for Health. And I highly recommend people take a look at the worldcouncilforhealth.org. Um, we're trying to deal with the, the health challenges for humanity on a lot of fronts. And of course, it started really, we, we came to exist in response to the crisis of the COVID agenda. So if you go to the worldcouncilforhealth.org, you will easily find the spike protein detox guide. And this is the compiled work of scientists and doctors. We work together from multiple countries, all continents. Uh, and that was last updated a few months ago. Um, so that's one thing. Um, as well, I think people need to be aware of the benefits of intermittent fasting because it increases the rate at which you can clear the old cells that are coated with the spike proteins that have been generated. Um, I think one of the more recent things Dr. McCullough's pointed out is the benefits of natokinase. And, and then the final thing, coming back to the World Council for Health, um, this year I took one of the chair positions for our Health Science Committee, and we're preparing to have a conference, um, and that conference is going to be an, an an event where people can join online. We're going to have um, multiple experts. It's going to be a full day event with breaks for lunch and and, uh, and just little breaks. And we'll have experts from different fields because one thing we've learned in the last two years is just how much of other good treatments for all kinds of disease have been excluded. So we plan to have a whole conference, lots of material, and then we're going to update our spike protein detox guide and our general detoxification from the bioweapons. But <clears throat> at this moment, I would say people go to the worldcouncilforhealth.org, look at the spike protein detox guide. There's a lot of options of what you can do to help yourself there. You might not do everything in the guide, but you're going to certainly find things you can do. And indeed, uh, it is true. Ivermectin uh, is an exceptional and safe medication for interfering with the poisonous effects of the spike protein that is produced in response to the genetic injection being forced into people. And supporting the World Counts for Health is really uh, a great way because we're not sucking people's tax dollars. It's all scientists and doctors voluntarily working with us. And uh, joining our Monday General Assemblies is a very enlightening event to learn about everything. It's an, it, it's open scientific knowledge being presented on everything from food sustainability to surviving the injections to the legal challenges of taking down the WHO. 
That is wonderful. Um, some news coming out recently just about them wanting to put um, mRNA into our food. You know, any way they can, they're going to try to harm us. Um, another interesting thing, uh, I'll let you guys know, uh, Dr. Hoff, like uh, there was a guy that was on um, Tucker Carlson last night, and uh, apparently all these chickens are not laying eggs. So I don't know how our farms are doing uh, across Canada, but the chickens were not laying eggs, and this was starting to be put out into the TikTok and everywhere, you know, all these farmers saying, oh, my gosh, like my, have, my chickens aren't laying eggs, and come to find out that as soon as they changed their feed to a natural organic feed that they were making themselves, the chickens were fine. Was it Purina, JT? Purina feed is what a lot of them were using. So, I mean, it's terrifying. What's going on? Like, you know, do you basically never buy Purina again? Like, I mean, it's just, you know, chicken places erupting in, in smoke as well. I mean, we've just got such a bad problem. Dr. Hoff, I'll just give you the final word um, before I go on to the last two to exit. Okay, well, I yeah, I think, I, I think perhaps it's hard to know what to say as in terms of a final word. But I think, you know, I always look to the sovereignty of God. And I love the yes. fact that our Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms starts with the with the the statement that Canada is based on an acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God and the rule of law. And you know, the wonderful thing about knowing the sovereignty of God is that history is his story. And that not a molecule on in the universe exists or moves without his consent. And so we need to constantly look to God because, and we need to seek him with all our hearts and we need to all repent because we have all made mistakes. We have all fallen short. We have all done and thought and said things that we should not have done. Those people who we have maligned and where we've been wrong, we need to be ready to, to be humble enough to admit that wrong. You know, sadly, between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed, there have been terrible insults and, and, and just an awful breakdown of relationships. And I think we need to be bridge builders and we need to be just eager to forgive and eager to embrace. And we're all in this together. We have to realize every person on this planet is in this together and unity is strength. But most of all, we need to look to our creator God and, and acknowledge that this is a spiritual battle. And therefore, because it's a spiritual battle, there are spiritual solutions. And prayer is our greatest weapon. But of course, we need to be praying to the right God. And his name is Jesus Christ. So I think that's my, my final word. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you so much. And I have to say, Dr. Hoff, you are looking so good like nobody would know that you've been and weathered the storm that you've had to go through personally and you know privately and publicly uh you are looking fantastic and i just pray that god just blesses you for what you've done that you will be hidden under the shadow of his wing and that every weapon formed against you shall have no prosperous time at all and that by your own mouth, you will be able to set the record straight when lies are spoken of you. You look fantastic. And I'm really, I'm thrilled to see that as someone who was, you know, part of bringing about your trouble. Um, 
when we did that first interview. So <laughs> the two most pivotal interviews that I have done in this entire scamdemic have been with you. Literally, the two most. Yes. The, yeah, I mean, you have. We've been in this together, you and yes, me. Yes, we have, right and we felt it behind the, the scenes, like, oh no, you know, we have to get the truth out, and yet. But, you know, Dr. Hoff is going through all this trouble. Uh, we're just sick about it. Like, you know, it's cost me a night's sleep or two over this whole thing about, you know, the trouble that you face. But you are coming out, and I, I sure appreciate all that you've done and, and your heart. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Trozzi, you're amazing. And uh, we're just going to keep having you on as soon as you've got more information that you ever want to share. You have an open door. All of you have an open door here. Just call us, get a hold of Toby. We'll have you on in a heartbeat to, to discuss what's going on in the world. Um, any, anything you'd like to close with? Well, you know, you're a hero to us too. And, and this, this battle takes all, all sorts. Um, and so I think, you know, one of my, one of my friends, the leader at Take Action Canada said something hilarious the other day, when people talk about waking up, and he said, you can only hit the snooze button so many times. Um, the evidence is too overwhelming that, that there's a criminal agenda, basically crimes against humanity going on, and the muzzles or masks and the injections, it, it, it's all wrong. Um, and, then, and then there's a difference between waking up and standing up. So I know a lot of people are maybe smart enough or they figured it out soon enough or now they know not to take any more injections. But um, the, 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 the level of diabolic plan going on here goes way beyond what's happened. So the only way to, to hang on to what you have is to fight. It somewhat reminds me of the old saying, you know, the only way to gain your life is going to be to lose it. Um, so anyone who is just sort of sitting in the wings hoping that Dr. Hoff and Michael Alexander overcome, um, but they're going to just quietly stay home and do what they have to to get along. Uh, I think it, we're, we're past that point. It's not a spectator sport. And when you consider that we have four, at least 4 million Canadians that never even took one shot, which was very hard to do. That means we have a lot of very awake people. We've got 80% of Canadians who aren't taking any more shots. So the reality is there's a lot of people. And if we all stand up and do our part, that means whether you're a doctor or a nurse or a journalist or a teacher or a military expert or a police officer or a crown prosecutor or a judge. For God's sakes, everybody, do your part. Let's clean this mess up. And then we can look our children and grandchildren in the eyes in a happy, prosperous future and know that we did the right things. Because uh, I don't want to just be right and say, I told you so. I just want this all fixed. Right. It'll be so good to have a re reunion with all of us one day where we go, wow, wasn't that a storm? But we, we came through, we win. Right. You know, that'll be right. a good day. Uh, we're just not there. We're in the battle of our lives right now because they're just changing the rules and changing the attack every single day. So thank you, Dr. Trozzi. You're so amazing. Uh, Michael Alexander, the battle will rage on then for you. Uh, yes, it will. Um, and I just wanted to tie in what you said in the beginning about the reprobate, reprobate mind, because uh, those are the minds that I face every day. Um, uh, you know, I have, <clears throat> I successfully took State Farm US, the 19th largest company in America, and in effect, Canada's three major banks to the Supreme Court of Canada in the early 2000s as a self-represented litigant. 
armed only with an old 386 computer and a borrowed library card, and I got a unanimous judgment against them. I have faced off against some of the most powerful organizations and some of the most hard-hitting and treacherous corporate lawyers that you could imagine. And the people I face off against every day, the lawyers and the administrators representing governments and these colleges, I mean, they are so much worse. They are so much worse. They are vindictive. They are vengeful. They are unethical. Um, they are humorless. Uh, they really scrape the bottom of the barrel to find these people to go after our doctors and our patients. And so they can be those kinds of people and those kinds of minds. Uh, but that, those are the people we're facing off against, the people that you mentioned at the very beginning of the passage from the Bible. And it is a tough battle. But if I weren't hopeful that we could win it, I wouldn't still be in it. Good. Good. And, and, and God is on our side. He's on the side of humanity, his love for humanity. Uh, we sometimes wonder um, why he's taking so long, and we'd like him to fix it right now. But you know, Michael, um, and all of you understand sort of spiritual principles. Uh, I've never seen people sort of going, wow, I really need God. <laughs> like I need something bigger than these evil oligarchs who are uh, causing so much harm to my family, to my friends, to myself. Um, I need something bigger than, than I have in myself. And so through the trial, we are being refined in this furnace and people are coming to a deeper sense of what is right and good and true and what is important. And so thank you for the fight, all of you. And please, everyone, remember to support the battle uh, with Michael Alexander tomorrow on TakeActionCanada.com. .ca, .ca, and support. Take Action Canada, write it down, Canada.ca, um, and support the work that is going on here. I love all of you. Thank you. And also, let's one more time, we'll put this uh, poster up, United Health Conference fundraiser for the vaccine injured. Oh, my goodness. I wish I was there. Um, oh. I wish You're I coming. was there. You're on the speaker's list. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are invited for sure. I'm <laughs> sure I could talk to the organizers. Oh, man. I mean, you got a lot of speakers there, but two days. that I mean, that is just phenomenal. So thank you for doing what you're doing, and I hope I will see you. I've, I've spoken with um, uh, Dr. – yeah, well, do Dr. Alexander – for sure, but yeah, Dr. Shoemaker in many of our events. And so we've been telling the truth, Great shaming job. the devil across Canada. We did like 40, 40 shows this year at different cities across provinces and told the truth. So we got to keep doing that and you're doing it. It's, I love it. I support you 100%. Great Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you. Oh, those are great guys, great guys. And I feel better, uh, not necessarily um, because anything's changed between an hour ago and now in our world necessarily, except that we've got good guys on our side and they're battling. And I'm not a doctor, right? And you're not probably sitting there at home. But when we see the real doctors are battling, they're speaking out telling the truth, 
Truth has a way of shattering darkness because the moment, if you're in a huge dark room, right, and you light one candle, whew, it's amazing. So what happens when you start getting thousands of candles? What happens when thousands of doctors begin speaking? Well, then you've got, you've got some power and you've got light coming into the darkness and that is happening. So another bit of uh, light that's coming in is this MIT um, professor and expert of drug safety, uh, Retsef Levi. My, my grandfather's name was Levi. He says all COVID mRNA shots should stop immediately as they cause harm and the death of young people and children. Take a look. Hi, my name is Retsef Levy. And since 2006, I'm a faculty member at MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I have more than 30 years of experience as a practitioner and an academic in using data and analytics to assess and manage risk, particularly in the context of health systems, health policies, as well as the management of safety and quality of manufacturing of biologic drugs. I'm filming this video to share my strong conviction that at this point in time, all COVID mRNA it's vaccination good. program should stop immediately. They should stop because they completely failed to fulfill any of their advertised promise regarding efficacy. And more importantly, they should stop because of the mounting and indisputable evidence that they cause unprecedented level of harm, including the death of young people and children. Well, I'm going to listen to him. I mean, how amazing is that? This is good. I, I hope his message gets out far and wide. And I know that that is it Dr. Malhotra, I think, is supporting him and has given him the ability to be speak. He's a professor. These aren't, you know, these aren't just, um, you know, fly-by-nighters. These are people who are extremely educated and trained, speaking out. And you can bet that guy's putting his reputation and his career on the line for doing this. So um, Dr. Bridal reported on a, a dozen studies that have shown that medical masks and N95 respirators make little to no difference in how many people catch COVID or a flu-like illness. I thought this was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they included 11 new RCTs and cluster RCTs, 610 participants in this update, bringing the total number of RCTs to 78. Um, Six of the new trials were conducted during COVID-19 pandemic. And I kind of read through some of this stuff. And basically, they were able to show that wearing a mask makes little to no difference um, on how many people caught the flu-like illness. You know, I always say, like, everyone was wearing masks for so long. And yet the, you know, and they were like, they were absolutely dogmatic about it right? They were giving you dirty looks if you weren't wearing a mask. And yet our hospitals were filling with people, um, you know, with the, the respiratory thing. So um, the, it, it goes to show, and they were even showing um, how some of these masks get, you know, fitted very, very tightly. And yet still, no. Why? Well, that virus apparently is like, you know, uh, the, the tiniest little, you know, pinprick going through 
a chain link fence. Imagine that, like it's not stopping it. It's so small. And so the masks don't work. In actual fact, what works probably is to get natural immunity and get herd immunity in, in and amongst the nation. And so I like what Robert Malone was saying about what the Project Veritas video revealed. And that is that really Pfizer has to admit that their vaccines, they can't keep up with how the virus is mutating. So the vaccines are useless. Uh, they're, not, they're, they're not working to, to keep ahead of any of this. So any immunity that you short-term might get from something like this, well, it's causing your natural immunity to, to literally go down. So much harm has happened. All of the, the studies that are coming out show us that this is not the way to go. So I'm sure if you're listening now, you do not want to be getting um, that third or fourth booster that your wife is telling you to get. Listen to me now. Just say no. Tell her you love her, but you're not getting the booster. And like Dr. Trozzi just finished saying, it also has caused, caused turbo cancers, cancers up, all kinds of things are up. Um, our natural immunity is being destroyed through these vaccines. The people that are strongest and healthiest now are those that said no to the vaccine. And so stand strong, everyone. Um, so we have a video from Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, doctors in Florida who perform sex change procedures on minors are going to lose their license. Hallelujah. Unbelievable. I love this guy. Take a look. I mean, look, you have, and this is sad, but this is going on. You're having, in our, in our society, they're giving teenagers, kids, puberty blockers. They're changing, their, they're doing sex change operations. And so we actually have very you know, young adults who went through this when they were minors, and they're saying this is a huge mistake. And in fact, it's not evidence-based when you start talking about sex changes and puberty blockers. So we've worked through our department or our um, medical licensing board to say that you in the state of Florida, if you're performing uh, those procedures um, on these minors, uh, you're going to lose your medical license here in Florida. So that is happening. And that should go to Dr. Wong. Dr. Wong here in British Columbia, a vile doctor who every single person that came through his office was getting on those puberty blockers and starting down the road to change. Um, this is a farce. This is an absolute, complete assault on identity of our young people. And first of all, you start convincing kids that they should change their gender when they're in kindergarten. And then we've got all these woke doctors who are making tons of money. Tons. This is about the almighty dollar, tons of money to get those kids on puberty blockers, which they will be on the rest of their lives. These doctors do not care about their emotional well-being. They do not care about the truth. They do not care about these agendas. This doctor, gay, by the way, um, has, has absolutely ruined lives, destroyed many kids' lives. And in British Columbia, they were all fielded through him. That doctor, he should lose his license. I don't know if he's still in hiding. I know when we reported on him a couple of years ago, uh, he kind of just, you know, went missing a little bit. Oh, it's just absolutely disturbing what is going on. 
Um, all right. Uh, so in Saskatoon, parents protested a man walking around naked in a young girl's change room at a swimming pool. Well done. I think Mark Friesen um, was um, posting on about this. Uh, thank you, Mark, for standing up for sanity. I mean, why are these sick people allowed to do such pathetic things? You can see all kinds of gyms and, you know, the, these woke places just struggling. I mean, you want, you want women to have women's rights and at the same time, in order to have women's rights and women's freedom and woman power, you got to let a man into your bathroom or, or you're, you're just not supporting woman power because you're not letting a man who says he's a woman into your bathrooms. How insane have you gotten? Have you lost your ever-loving minds? I think that many people have literally lost their minds that this whole gender thing is a thing when it's not a thing. How about look up the videos of the detransitioners? Look up that. Look up the people that are now saying, I should have never done this. It was the biggest mistake of my life. Find them. Listen to the aftermath of this disastrous nonsense going on. Um, now I'm really sad. I mean, pop star Pink doesn't want pro-life Americans to ever listen to her music again. Well, I didn't anyways. <laughs> So don't think much of you. Don't care for your music. Um, you don't want me to listen to you. No problem. No problem. What's with these people, eh? Hmm. They're so ecstatic about allowing babies to be murdered in the womb. They don't care about life. She's the kind. She'd probably do a concert to support the bludgeoning of baby seals, right? Yeah, well, yeah, against the bludgeoning of baby seals. She'd do some support concert. But if you're killing little people and, and you're standing against that, well, don't listen to my music. No problem, Pink. God help you on Judgment Day. No problem at all. All right, so... This is interesting. Um, Amira Eljawabi right? has been appointed Canada's first representative to combat Islamophobia under Trudeau, <laughs> who recently said she will help advance respect for equity, inclusion, and diversity. So um, I don't know about all what she means by uh, equity, respect, diversity, and inclusion, but actually um, that usually goes to gender and homosexuality, accepting the LGBTQ. And we know that as a person of Islam, uh, they actually throw people off the roofs in parts of the world where Islam is their dedicated religion. So very interesting to see what this lady's trying to say. I was just uh, mentioning this. Um, I was watching an old interview with Sandra Solomon. She's an amazing person. She was formerly um, a, a Muslim, and then she left that uh, religion to become a Christian. And she knows what the Quran says. She was trained in it. She was taught in it. And, 
you know, talking about the parts of the world where, you know, if, if you do not, well, if you're an atheist, if you're a Christian, you're persecuted. If you're an LGBTQ, you're persecuted. So you'd think, hey, maybe we'd all be on the same page understanding Islam's kind of a dangerous religion. Um, because at its core is not diversity. No, they believe that they have Allah and the one true way. As we as Christians believe, we as Christians believe the same thing, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Big difference. Jesus taught us to turn the other cheek and to love our enemies. That is not what the Quran teaches. And so interesting to me how this lady's combining it all. It's also interesting. I remember seeing a, um, a Muslim cleric down at the Black Lives Matter, um, you know, organ, organized big rally that they had in downtown Vancouver. And this uh, Muslim cleric is kind of standing all in solidarity with them. Well, Black Lives Matter, Clarice, um, you know, whatever her name is, uh, first of all, this is all about Marxism and it's all about trans. It's about black trans. I, I'll never forget downtown Vancouver, this, this little boy, um, a black young man says to me, he must have been about 10, yeah, and you got to support black trans, black trans. I'm looking at him like, why is, I, I thought this was about black people, not black trans people. But now as it's all coming out, watch Candace Owen and the documentaries that she's doing. This is about transgenders, black transgenders. This is founded by people who are supporting and purporting that. Then you have these Muslim clerics who are in there, you know, trying to be all part of it because it, like, none of that lines up, does it? It's all bizarro world. So it will be interesting to see how she's going to support inclusivity and diversity um, in her Islamophobia. And you know what? For the record, I've got a little problem going on in my own life with uh, being taken to court over an issue regarding um, Islam and, and a prayer that was done in the mosques in Toronto. And I have this only to say, that I have Muslim friends, and for me, it's no problem. But I like the Muslims that are not hurting anyone and that are not calling for the murder of a certain people group, be it the Jews, be it the LGBTQ, or the demeaning of women. So when you can put that aside and treat people with respect and dignity and not support the teachings of the Quran that call for a jihad or um, for the desecration and decimation of a certain people group, mainly the Jews, I don't support that. I cannot imagine a church in Canada that would be crying out for the decimation or, you know, the killing of any group, that that would get very far without being prosecuted. But apparently, in Canada, you know, if you're doing this and saying these kinds of things in, in a mosque, well, uh, don't want to say anything. You'll be called an Islamophobe. I don't think that that should be allowed to be said in any religious building or institution in Canada because we don't support that. 
Canadians value freedom, freedom of religion, whatever God you want to serve, you get to do that in Canada. That's the price you pay for a free society. And sometimes it doesn't work all that well. Because when you start getting a whole bunch of people who think that your way of thinking is evil and bad or bigoted, uh, then you can be persecuted and hurt. You can have your, you can be attacked. You can have your reputation attacked, your career attacked by a certain group that begin to kind of, you know, side with a certain ideology or agenda. That's the price of freedom in essence. But it's the price you have to pay in order to be able to say, well, my freedom tells me that I can have my beliefs as well. And my beliefs do not include killing or calling for the killing of any people group. And if your religion calls for the killing of any people group, I'll let you know something. That's not Canadian. That's not okay in Canada. That's the way it is. So I guess that's it. I guess that's it. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. People often don't know my actual name. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're that girl <laughs> on, on, uh, online. They, I say, yes, I am. LauraLynn.tv, that is my website. Um, thank you very much for your support of us. We pay a price as well in order to be able to do this. And the price we pay is putting everything on the line. We're vulnerable here. I'm vulnerable to attacks. And my family is vulnerable to attacks. Those who associate with me can be vulnerable to attacks. And we will not stop speaking the truth, telling the truth, having people like Dr. Charles Hoff, Dr. Trozy, Dr. Patrick Phillips. We miss you. And sorry, we, Toby, let's get Patrick Phillips on all by himself because we lost his feed today. So we need to hear from him. I'd like to hear from him. Um, and I do appreciate that you support this work. If you would take time to go to our website, lauralyn.tv, there are ways that you can write into us uh, snail mail. If some of you like snail mail and you prefer to send a check, you can do that. Uh, the, the box number is all there. If you would like to e-transfer, you can e-transfer to lauralynlive at protonmail.com and you can send me something there. Also, we have some information for you there about gold and silver. If you'd like to invest in gold and silver, please uh, get a hold of Steve Merrill at Sovereignize. He was on yesterday, I think it was, and he's fantastic and very helpful. Uh, we're all wondering about what we can put value in that is hardcore currency. You know, one day if, you're, if your dollar means absolutely nothing, um, silver will have meaning. If indeed they can keep on devaluing, especially the Canadian dollar, it's at like a dollar forty to an American dollar. It's all, like isn't that all getting near half? Half as much? We've just lost so much, but a silver coin retains its value. So if you invest in some of that, you're able to go anywhere in the world, turn in silver to any cash place, and you can get immediate cash. We do not want to go to that um, digital currency. Uh, that will be the end of all of us. No more putting money under your mattress for a rainy day. Not that I do that, but, um, you know, no more, like, individual sort of paying cash and buying what you need here or there. You will be monitored, checked on, and they will be able to stop your purchases at their will. That's how it is.
What happens when they say, nope, your carbon footprint's too big. Nope, you believe in pro-life. Nope, you, you're a religious person. Nope, you don't get to have the uh, social credit score that enables you to shop at this and such store. Nope, that's where we're going. That's what it looks like. So it's very good to have some precious metals in your care. And you can store those, uh, you know, someplace. Um, there's all kinds of ways to do that. And Steve will talk to you about it. But Isaiah 45, I'd like to close by reading this brief verse. It says in verse 8, You heavens above rain down my righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. Listen to this part. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to those who quarrel with their maker. Those who are nothing but potsherds among the potsherds on the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say the potter has no hands? Woe to the one who says to a father, what have you begotten? Or to a mother, what have you brought to birth? This is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and its maker, concerning things to come, do you question me about my children or give me orders about the works of my hands? For it is I who made the earth and created mankind on it, who own hands stretched out, whose my own hands stretched out the heavens, I marshaled their starry hosts. I try not to question God too much. I'm very good at asking a lot of questions, especially of human beings. And I drove my teachers and my parents definitely crazy with all of that. But I'll tell you something. This passage here is about the fear of the Lord. It's about respecting God, that we would not quarrel with our maker, that we would not question God on what he's doing, on even what his children are doing, that we would honor the will of the Father. Am I saying that God cannot take your questions when you're saying, what gives here, like something bad's going on, where are you? I think God can handle all of those kinds of questions. But it goes past that to where we have a prideful stand in our hearts questioning how God how God has put forward His will. Some people say, well, why would I follow a God who basically says that I have to love Him and trust Him or there's judgment? Why, why do I have to follow a God like that? Well, because He's God and He makes the rules. I tell people, I don't make the rules. I'm just telling you what His Word says. Well, I believe everyone gets to heaven. It doesn't matter what religion you are. Well, did God say that that was the way or is that your idea? The Word of God says that there is no other way by which men can be saved except through the name of Jesus Christ. So I trust that. 
<coughs> Sorry, I think I sneezed right into my microphone. <laughs> um, if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life according to God, who am I to argue with that? Who am I to question God? Who am I to say to, to the potter, why are you making that clay that way? No, you see, the potter gets to decide. So God has chosen the rules by which we can come to him. I bow to that. I'll see you tomorrow, everyone. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing. But for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked. And we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.